This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll. This week, we're going to talk about Southampton, Everton going 2-0 down at St Mary's, a disappointing display considering the expectation generated from Everton's unbeaten run, which is now unfortunately over. I'll be asking the questions, and this week I'm joined by two Blues. First up, Tom Clark from the Toffee Blues Twitter account. How are things, Tom? Hello, you all right? Uh, things are good. Uh, it's, it's nice to be back on, obviously, after after a long time, but I think I've brought me all bad luck with me, unfortunately. <laughs> no problem. Um, big Marine fan, aren't you, Tom? And you're eagerly awaiting the, the FA Cup first round draw, which I'm told um, Marine are in the half for. So, yeah, you're looking forward to that? Yeah, yeah, do the media stuff there. So, I uh, work for the club for about a year and a half, and... Um, First season, I joined for half a season and we got relegated for the first time in 125 years. So that wasn't great, but now we're on a FA Cup run. So looking forward to the draw, um, hoping to get someone big like Sunderland or Hull, someone like that. Um, so yeah, that'll be a 10 by 7. Nice one. Um, my second guest is Graham Callahan, who is eagerly awaiting his tea. You all right, Graham? <laughs> he needs to get, you know, out. he's a Jonah, him. Who's this? Tom, we won't keep you too long for this show after all. Who likes talking about a defeat? We'll get straight into it. Um, incidentally, though, just before we do, apologies for the no-show last week. My wife tested positive for coronavirus, so I was unable to record. But thankfully, she has now fully recovered, and I'm able to talk about the Blues with the Blues. So, Graham, um, start off with you, first of all. Um, I've forgotten what it was like to, to suffer a defeat. Um, mood wasn't great yesterday after the game, so it was a tough one to take, wasn't it? It was, mate. It's back down to earth with a bang, really, isn't it? I always felt Southampton away was going to be a difficult game, um, and it's proved to be so. Um, it just wasn't the Everton that we've seen over the last few games. Um, but I just hope it's not the start of a trend, to be fair, um, and we can pick ourselves up and go again. Be a big test. I mean, Tom, for, for all our feelings, um, you know, in yesterday's game, it, it is clear that Southampton are a good side, aren't they? So... Is it was it just that Southampton were a good side and better than us, or you know have we got a lot to answer for? Yeah, they were better than us, not they? But the, the form we've been in this season would suggest that we'd we, we'd be all right. We, we should be beating them. We're beating the. We obviously got to draw against Liverpool. We've beaten Spurs, so you would have thought we'd be all right against Southampton, even though they are a strong side. But we were just completely outplayed all afternoon, and it's it was strange to see because the same much the same players obviously missing the likes of Coleman and Richarlison, which I'm sure we'll get into, but. Pretty much, apart from that, all the same players that have played so well this season, they just done so badly yesterday. And I was shocked, to be honest, as a, as to how that came about. I mean, if we're going to have any success this season, do we need to be beating the likes of these teams, Southampton? I mean, I know, like I said, they're, they're a good side, but you know, Southampton away, you you would probably expect us to at least get a point there. Yeah, it's it's it, they. Definitely one of the teams you should be beating, really, especially if we're having any ambitions to stay top of the table. Obviously, it's been great uh, starting top of the table and that, but uh, I, I don't know if it's become a joke kind of thing. Everyone's laughing at Everton top of the table, but it seems that we don't believe it ourselves because you've got to be winning them kind of games if you want to stay top of the table. And uh, just to be well beaten by Zaldamter, it wasn't like we were kind of, uh, oh, it was a sneaky win that they just got against us, which we, we, we could deal with. It was We were fully outplayed by, uh, by Zaldamter, who, who finished uh, mid-table last year, which is... Which is a, it's it's pretty poor, and I just hope you can turn things around and it doesn't doesn't start a horrible run of form because uh, we just need to pick ourselves up from it because we we just played really badly all round. I don't think anyone played well. 
I mean, Graham, the, the build-up to the game is somewhat marred a little bit by, you know, all the talk of Jordan Pickford not being banned, you know, following that challenge on um, Van Dijk. And Angelotti, you know, in the in the build-up, he didn't necessarily lose his cool, but, you know, he was definitely agitated uh, by some of the comments. And do you think, you know, the build-up affected us or distracted us in any way? Um, Honestly, I don't think so, no. Um. You know, it, it's as as you've said, it's a game that you'd hope we'd pick points up from. But at the same time, you know, Liverpool should be there. You know, City have dropped points already. You know, these these things are going to happen. I think Ancelotti's also said that as need these things happen in football. Um, and as quickly as everyone, you know, as Blues get carried away, I think we're also probably guilty of, you know, being down in the dumps after something like this happens. And it wasn't great. It wasn't a great performance, and it, it takes the shine off off the the start of the season a little bit. But I don't think we can get too darn hearted about it. Um, you know, away games in general have never been something that Everton go into and 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 you know we expect us to win. Um and, and this season we sort of did and we haven't but we we've just got to I think that the, the biggest test now is it's not it's not losing the game against Southampton, it's how we go again next. Okay, Tom, so I mean just talking on the individuals, then James Rodriguez started the game after initial injury doubts. Um, I mean, you know, he felt his hamstring late on in the game, but and it, from the outset, do you think he was injured, or do you think Carlo was playing some mind games um, after everything was said following the derby? I mean, Carlo came out in his press conference and said he was injured, and that, that was the end of it. Yeah, he said he had the bruise. I think he called it a hematoma, which is which is a fancy word for a bruise. Uh, and I saw him with the recovery. He put on Twitter the recovery. Um, what's it called? Uh, trousers on the night before the match to try and get himself fit uh, fast enough for the game. But I do think he was carrying something because obviously he was struggling in the final stages, uh, limping, and he, he wanted to come off. And if Ancelotti wouldn't have made all three of his subs early on, then I'm sure he would have came off. But yeah, it was clear he wasn't fully fit. He wasn't all there. Even from the early stages, he wasn't. He was misplacing passes that you wouldn't see him misplacing in, um, in previous weeks, and he just looked off the pace. And uh, it seems Ancelotti kind of trusts his players and asks ask them, "Are they ready to play?" And if they say they're ready to play, then he trusts them and let them play. But whereas in the past, we've seen managers uh, who kind of the medical staff go on the side of caution and they won't play a player unless they are 100%. And it was quite clear uh, from the way he played and from the obviously the final stages that Hamas Rodriguez wasn't 100% fit yesterday to start. And I know he's, he's he's a massive uh, point of quality on our team and we do need him there. But if he's not 100% fit, then he can't play. But I also think uh, as much as he wasn't fit, I think he missed Robin Coleman uh, to link up with as well. Yeah, I mean that that was going to be the next point. To be honest, that was going to come on Tom. Did um, you know, Southampton kind of targeted Godfrey on that right hand side, didn't he? Clearly, he's he's not, he's not a fullback. He's you know he's one for the future, and um, you know at, at, at centre back he might be a bit versatile um, in different situations. But he, he had a bit of a a sort of time, and you know, did it cause the not having Coleman, you know, as the the natural right back? Did it cause the you know the the back four? You know, linking up with the midfield, not to have that like that balance. As Graham said, we, we literally didn't have any overlap for Rodriguez, and that's how that's why he found it difficult, surely, for the for the whole game. Yeah, and it was quite clear as well from from the match of the day analysis and from just watching the game um, that Salanta targeted that right side of ours um, to go down their left and uh, really get us through the likes of Ryan Bertrand and Nathan Redmond, who were uh, strong players anyway, and. 
it kind of it, it doesn't help that um, obviously James Rodriguez is, is is player of great quality, but we all know he doesn't track back. He doesn't fancy uh, getting back and putting a foot in, and it doesn't help when you've got a right back who's playing out of position anyway. So um, it was just it, it was obvious that that was ev- going to be Everton's weak point, and uh, Southampton took advantage of that and all afternoon just just bombed that side, and we didn't have any answer to it. Obviously, we've got Seamus Coleman out injured and uh, John Joe Kenny as well, so we haven't got a, a fit right back in the squad. So. Godfrey had to fill in, and I do think he'll be a good centre back. He looks, he looks like a, he looks rapid. I saw uh, some of his recovery pace yesterday. Apart from when he was having a shocker, uh, he looks fast. He looks uh, comfortable on the ball when he's in his, his natural position. But uh, he's he's not an overlapping full back, and he's not a full back, and he just looked uh, uncomfortable all afternoon. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him at centre back, but he's just he's just not a right back, and we're, we're fitting uh, square pegs into round holes, and it'll, it'll not work until we do have a fit right back in the squad. Well, we'll come on to the the injury situation and the suspension situation, which is starting to uh, stack up now. But to be honest, Graham, my first twenty minutes, I I thought we looked okay. I don't know whether you agree, but you know we had that Sigerson chance, which at the the crossbar, um, I felt you know you you're never really in trouble. Really, think about it until you can see the goal, and we did fall asleep from the first uh, from the throwing for the first goal, and I just felt we looked you know you know relatively. Comfortable. Southampton looked dangerous, but we looked dangerous. And what did you think? Do you agree with that? Do you think there were warning signs that we should have been looking out for? No, I agree that you know for the first twenty minutes it looked all right. And when when Siggy's at the crossbar, I was I was gen, genuinely you know quite optimistic that we could go and, go on and get something from the game. Um, having said that, I watched it with my dad, who's like Mister Negative. Um, and and he, he said you know the warning signs were there, and he and he wasn't as confident as I was. Um, but I, I thought we did all right. I think, you know, we, we can see the two goals in quite quick succession, didn't we? Um, which is always going to, you know, be, be difficult and, and knock you back a peg or two. Um, but the opening 20 minutes went in awful. Um, and then obviously the red cards just changed the game entirely. I mean, Tom, any time we've conceded a goal this season, and we have conceded a few, we've scored a few, obviously, because that's why we're in our good position. But any time we've conceded, we've always had a good reaction. You know, we've always managed to come back and, you know, the players' heads haven't dropped. But certainly when that second goal went in for Southampton, it just it immediately looked like there was no way back straight away. Yeah, the the players look like they finished the game in about the, the uh, close to the hour mark, really, to be honest. They look like they'd, uh, they'd given up a little bit. And uh, that was definitely, that was something we talk about, we, we spoke about a lot uh, last season when we when we were doing these podcasts in terms of the mental strength of the squad just wasn't there. And then uh, since Angelotti's come in, he's kind of turned things around a little bit and we've been better at coming from a goal behind. And we we have been able to do that this season. And uh, I thought we'd be all right. And even when we were 2-0 down, 2-0 is not a bad scoreline. If you get one back, then you've got every chance. Momentum's swinging your way and you've got every chance of an equaliser. But we just we didn't look like getting that at all. We, we barely had any shots. It was just that Sigurdsson chance. And that was the only... Uh, real move he got going because even in that in, in that second some uh, chance just be, before that the build up to that move um, we, we we were one touch pass and we looked really fluid and that was the only re- real quality I saw in in, in the match of uh, but if we if we could, could have got a few of them going a few of them players going uh, with one touch getting forward quickly we would have been all right but we just didn't seem up for it and uh, the fight wasn't there as well that would that was something that was concerning me during the match it was same it was. Um, Kind of, I saw, I saw James Rodriguez aging us forward a few times to get higher up the pitch, press higher, and uh, it just wasn't working. And uh, 
everyone seemed to be having an off day. So it was one of them. Like I suppose we can rule it out as everyone's just having off at an off day. We can we can move on from it and uh, and uh, fight back from it next week against Newcastle. But it it seemed like everyone just kind of ruled it out and just decided it's not our day. It's not going to be our day. So let's leave it at that. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. Angelotti went with Awobi over the likes of Gordon and Bernard. Obviously, Richarlison is suspended, so he would have been first choice. But I thought that was, you know, going with Awobi. I'm not his biggest fan, but I thought that was an okay decision because over the past couple of weeks, Awobi's come on and he's done okay in certain situations and, and cameos. It obviously proved to be um, the wrong decision because Awobi absolutely offered nothing. And probably contributed to not not saying you know the, the goals that Southampton scored, but just as general play doesn't doesn't help the situation, does it? No, he, he's not good enough for me. Um, he has done well in the cameos when he's come on uh, earlier in the season, but you know the, the true test was yesterday. He got his start chance. Um, he had his opportunity. He's not taking it, has he? He just let the whole uh, team down. I thought. Yeah, he did, and he was obviously pulled it off time to save at least. He looked like he was trying too hard uh, to, to take his chance. And, uh, yeah, as we say, he's probably, for us, fourth choice. But for, uh, for, for Ancelotti, he looked like he was second choice in terms of Richarlison was out injured. So we thought he'd replace him with Awobi. And then when Awobi wasn't doing too well, he brought Bernard in that position. And it wasn't until Bernard was moving to the middle uh, when he brought Gordon on. He was pretty much the fourth choice because you, you've obviously got uh, the players not being able to start the two players who've give, been given a chance during the game on the left and Gordon's been the fourth person to take up that position uh, obviously without Richarlison so uh, is Gordon the fourth choice but for, for us for fan, as, as fans I know a lot of fans on, on social media have been saying it as well Gordon would be the, uh, the choice I think the Echo put it out on Facebook today um, posed the question and pretty much every fan got back in touch and, and said it would be Gordon for them uh, to to back up Richarlison on the left-hand side and he was the one bright spark in the team when he came on really he was the one who was creating chances he was the one who was driving forward with some impetus and it was a it was a shame he didn't get out anything out of it really but he was he was definitely a something positive and maybe going into Newcastle he, he will be that one to to start on the left-hand side because he was the one who impressed the most I'll ask you about this because obviously it's a bit of a debate and I know it's kind of 50-50 really. I've seen a lot of Everton fans saying it was, a lot of Everton fans saying it wasn't and you know certainly other people on uh, websites having their opinion. But Graham, the, the, the Dean sending off um, probably didn't have an impact on the scoreline. I think we probably still would have got beat um, if Dean had stayed on the pitch. But was it the correct decision for you at the time? No, uh, I think it was accidental, to be honest. Um, obviously, you know, studs on the back of the leg. It's never nice. It looks bad. Um, but I don't think it's intentional. I don't think there's any malice there. Um, I think it was clumsy. I think he could have slowed down. Um, but I don't think he's intentionally tried to hurt the player. Um, and I think I think it was accidental. Um, so for me, no, it's, it's not a red card, no. I mean, Tom, um, Jamie Redner um, said it wasn't a red card. I think Kieran Dyer said it wasn't, and Gary Lineker, uh, you know, completed that hat trick of people that said it. It wasn't a red card. The likes of Dermot Gallagher and Mark Bosnich said it was. Um, I'll be honest, my opinion at the time, um, I thought it looked nasty. Uh, you know, it, it's clumsy. I don't, I don't think there's malice, but he goes right down the back of his Achilles, doesn't he? And um, you know, fortunately, um, 
the Southampton player wasn't wasn't injured. You know, he, nothing happened to him. But can you see why it was given? In your opinion, was it a red card? Uh, yeah, I suppose you've got to look at the real book. And uh, is it violent conduct? Well, no, because there's, there's not really. Uh, there's not really intent whether it was violent to go back down the back of his Achilles. It could have been a bad injury. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, Kyle Walker Peters was okay. Uh, was it dangerous foul play? Uh, without the intent there, it's it's hard really. Obviously, he had his hands up at the time. He's running after him with with his hands up, uh, and he did get too close to him, which was quite clumsy. Uh, and I, I don't think it was a red card. That was, I think uh, it should have been at least uh, I would have thought it would be a yellow card from the referee and the VAR to check it over afterwards to see if there, were, if there was foul play there but the way the referee seemed so, so sure to give that red card straight away he didn't even think to to, uh, to get it checked uh, so I don't know uh, Ancelotti was talking about it in his post-match uh, interview as to whether it was kind of the, the backlash of, of what's gone on during the week in terms of uh, uh, people having to go at uh, Everton particularly pick for them to Charleston for, for being a uh, Dirty in the derby, so uh, whether the referees have been told, have been told, or just have it in the heads to to go harsh on Everton this, uh, this last weekend um, is is potentially what's happened. But yeah, um, I, I do think it deserved uh, more uh, caution than the referee went in with a complete red card uh, straight away. I, I thought he was a bit quick to judge that one, uh, considering there was no intent there. So yeah, it was definitely a bit harsh. I mean, he, he definitely pulled that red card out very, very quickly, didn't he? And fame, it's almost going to be a little bit disappointing because we know Everton are going to appeal it, whether that decision is overturned, uh, we don't know. But if it is, it's it's more disappointing in itself because well, why, why why didn't it use VAR at the time to check um, check the file? It just it goes against the idea of having a, a video assistant referee during the 90 minutes, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, don't get me started on VAR. <laughs> um, yeah, but I you know I think obviously that one that one looks like a matter of opinion, as everything is really. Um, some people are saying it was, some people are saying it wasn't. I just think, as as Tom said, like you, you've got to look at about whether the intent and people are now saying intent doesn't matter, but surely intent has to matter. It, you know, football's a contact sport. You know, players are gonna are gonna clash. They're gonna come into contact with each other. Um, I do think it looked it looked really bad. And and you know, I think Carl Walker Peters. You know, there's no doubt that it you know it hurt and it could have been worse. But I don't think Dinya's meant to, to do him any harm. Um, VAR could could have had a look at it, but the referees made his mind up, as you say, almost instantly. Um, and and he's deemed it a red card. Um, I don't think we'll be successful in in an appeal. Um. I think he's going to be banned. Um, fortunately, the young French lad looked the player. Um, so you know it might not be as big a loss as we all anticipate. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think it was a red card. Other people do. I think we're just going to have to suck it up and get on with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the issues are piling up, Tom. Um, certainly, some issues that we've we've got so far this season are clean sheets and defensive issues. Now I know. We're top of the league and we've had a fantastic start. But the only reason we've had a fantastic start is because we have we've scored goals for fun, but we are conceding goals. Um, you know, six goals conceded in the last three, and our last clean sheet was actually against Salford City. Um, everyone else has scored against us so far this season, which is, you know, it's not ideal. Um, so what what are we saying? Is this going to be an ongoing problem for us? Is, does Angelotti? I mean, you can't address it in the transfer market, obviously, until January. But we have just put 
Um, what's his name? Godfrey, who's, who's obviously playing right back. We know injuries are, are piling up, but even without all that, even with a full strength defensive unit, is it strong enough to be able to can, can um, keep clean sheets with Jordan Pickford in goal as well? Yeah, Pickford. Pickford's another issue. He's been he's been all over the place in terms of the back line. Uh, we've got uh, at full strength. That's it's it's not a bad lineup. You've got you've got four good, four very good, uh, arguably centre backs in uh, Holgate, Godfrey, Mina, and Keane. Uh, it's just the fact that we haven't got uh, apart from Nkunku, who was signed for the under twenty three before he had to be brought into the first team. We've not got um, an available fullback at the moment on either side. Uh, obviously, Dean's injured. We didn't manage to replace Baines, so we had to we had to bring Nkunku in, as I said, and um, John Joe Kenny and uh, James Coleman. Both unavailable, so it's uh, we've not got a fifth fullback, and we're, st- we're still top of the league, which is which is shocking, really. But uh, yeah, the injuries have have been awful too. Was obviously Holgate and Branthwaite out as well, uh, so it's not it's not been the best. Uh, but I think that back line at, at, at full strength without the injuries would be all right. I do, I do think uh, it's, it's a strong back line, uh, but we have been obviously cursed by injuries at the back of the start. In terms of Pickford, though, uh, he's obviously had a Pretty poor start of the season. Made the thing is with Pickford, within the same game he can be world class and he can be absolutely Sunday League level. So uh, you can you can never really rely on him. I don't think. I think he'll always be like that. Uh, which is which is it's uh, it's not ideal. You want a reliable goalkeeper, but obviously we've brought in Robin Olsen, who hopefully will challenge him. And if he does put a foot wrong, then he'll be right there to uh, to come straight into the team and try and make an impression. But uh, I do think our full strength would be all right in, in terms of the back line. It's just that we've been blighted by injuries and the fact that we haven't got a full-back at the moment. Are you happy with the defensive options, even when um, our full strength claim? Yeah, um, it's quite surprising. You know, that I didn't realise until you've just, just reeled off them statistics because I did think that Ducore and Alan, more so than any defenders he brought in, would have shored us up a little bit more than that. Um I'm happy. I'm happy with the the, the squad that he's got, and, and like you say, you know, the four centre halves. There is a bit of depth there. Um, does it bother me so much if we're conceding goals? Not if we're scoring more than they score. Um, I don't think it matters ultimately. Um, but it would be nice to you know show things up a little bit. Um, we've got some some tougher games coming up. Uh, you know, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, your Uniteds, and you know, if you're gonna do any any good against them, then you know. You need to be you need to be solid and, and you know maybe nickel one nil or something, um. So it's something to work on, um. But I think the personnel's there. Godfrey's only just come in, and Kunku's a young lad, um. And even the others, you know, Holgate's still young, still learning his trade, um. So I'm sure Ancelotti can can work with them, and you know over time I think we'll be all right. All right then, well let's finish on a positive because okay it was disappointing, um. Like I said, it was you know. Couldn't remember what it was like to have a loss. That's how how long ago it's felt like that we've we've lost a game of football. You know, every time we played this season, we've won. And um, obviously, apart from the derby, we we got a draw, but it, you know, it was still a positive result against a very good team. So, um, still top of the league. Um, game against Newcastle coming up now. We won't uh, preview this too much, but let's just let's just go in with a prediction for the for the Newcastle game. Tom, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, did New, how did Newcastle get on against Wolves yesterday? I was watching that and it just turned it off. 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1. One, one. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, not everyone's, you know, flying at the moment. You know, teams are, are beating everyone, as as has just been proven with Southampton beating us now. So, 
don't think we expected to go on some sort of mental unbeaten run. Um, we know it's going to be a tough season regardless. So Newcastle, um, we usually do okay against Newcastle. You wouldn't say that one of the strongest teams in the league, but you know you don't know what's going to happen at the minute. So what are your predictions for that game? I do think we'll concede. As you said, um, we haven't been able to keep any clean sheets. Uh, Newcastle aren't that much of a... I don't think they, they scored... Well, they didn't last season. They, start, they, they started to get better after the restart. I think a little bit better. Uh, but they don't score that many goals. Uh, they've, they've got decent players. They've obviously brought in Callum Wilson, who's a, who's a, who's a good player, and Ryan Fraser outside of him. And, uh, and Alan St. Maximan's always going to be a danger as well, especially running at our um, right-back position. But... Uh, yeah, I, I do think they score against us, so I'll go for a I'll, I'll go for a two one because I do think we can we can uh, we should be able to beat them. So two one from me. Two one win then for Everton against Newcastle. What are your thoughts, Graham? Yeah, I'm gonna go completely against type for me and try and be positive, uh, and I think we'll beat them as well. Um, I will go. You three. did say we beat Southampton, no? <laughs> did I? <laughs> uh, uh. We'll get beat four nil. No. Um, <laughs> I think I think we'll beat them, and I'm gonna go three one. I think even with the suspensions, and um, I think we we if we get it right, we should go there and pick pick the points up. Sad. Well, I'll go I'll go two nil. Um, I'll try and go even more positive, clean sheets and a win. Um, and Everton stay top of the league, obviously depending on say goal difference. But we will see what happens. Everton play on Sunday again. I like these Sunday games because it definitely gives you something to look forward to, doesn't it? Um, as the weekend goes on, but. Obviously, the games are starting to come thick and fast now. Newcastle on Sunday, then it'll be United um, following on from that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, but, lads, it, short and sweet podcasts, roughly about 30 minutes there. So, thank you for coming on, taking your time um, to speak to me today on the Royal Blue View from Gala Street Everton Fan podcast. Graham, thank you. Cheers, mate. Nice one. And, Tom, thank you for coming on. We'll both have you back on again. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys podcast on the Royal Blue channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.